Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, AZM18 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are in this amazing country that we call Australia. This is the breakfast show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Mon as always on the breakfast show. And of course coming up in today's show we have some amazing news that we're going to share with you and we know all about that news. The reason that we know all about that news and what is going to be shared is because you're listening to the delayed broadcast so if you're listening to the delayed broadcast and you would like to catch up with the show and listen to the live show this is how it's done simply go over to faithfm.com.au press play it's as easy as that or even easier still download the tune in app to your phone make sure you get the free version you simply hit the x in the top corner when it tries to uh, give you a free trial and that will just disappear and it will run for free. So use the TuneIn app and then you can run it through your car stereo, you can run it through your aux cord, you can run it through your Bluetooth, you can run it through your tape player insert if you've got an old car like me and you will have a perfect signal wherever you go, which is actually it's actually how I listen to Faith FM. Never have to worry about the signal dropping out. Can drive all the way from here to Brisbane, all the way from here to Melbourne, and listen to Faith FM the whole way, which is just truly fantastic. So that's how to listen to the live show. And of course, on the live show, you can partic- participate in the quiz and the giveaways and um, have all the fun. You can call up and have a chat, have a conversation with us, send through a question of the day, send through your prayer requests, whatever it might be, and we will make that a part of the show. However, Coming up in the, in today's show, we are going to be talking about the number one form of recreation in the United States by dollar value. In other words, by the amount that Americans spend on this particular form of recreation, it is the highest uh, by dollar value. And you are going to be shocked. I will guarantee that what you are thinking about right now as the highest form of uh, where money is spent in recreation in the United States is not the case. It is something other than what you are thinking of right now. We're going to be talking about that in the news coming up. Stay tuned for that. We also have a interview with a young lady um, who is a three-times survivor of suicide and this is a really powerful interview. We had quite an audience response from it, a number of text messages uh, from people that could really relate to what she was talking about. And just an amazing testimony of what God has done in her life and how God is using this, this, this beautiful young person to do amazing things for him. So stay tuned. These stories and many more coming up. Of course, we have our Encounter with God where we continue to follow the Apostle Paul through the book of Acts. If not for his love, 
You're listening to Alison Brooke, if not for his love, here on Faith FM. And we are beginning our day with a quiz. And what have we got for the yes, first clue of okay, our quiz? Yes, okay, look, Lyle, I've done something a bit special this time. I've picked out a very, I want to say, valid quiz today. It would usually be a hard quiz, but because of current things happening on this show, shh, don't say anything. Ooh. It could be very easy for our for our regular listeners, people who tune in for the entire show, should know this immediately. Okay, so this comes okay. from... Shh, shh, shh. <coughs> Don't say anything. Yeah, that's right. Choke on your words, Lyle. Okay, what city am I? Clue number one. Paul rebuked P. 
Peter in this city because Peter wouldn't eat with Gentiles for fear of the Jews. <laughs> we were just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> Give us a call if you know what that city is. You should totally know what that city is. Yes. We literally studied that story We've yesterday. Been, and, we, we, and we will be studying it again Further. today. Yes, yes. We're just going to have to say the name of the city during our study without sort of, a, you know, Making a big fuss about it, as people might think, you know. Yeah, because if we okay, so now we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We give the Bible study. We're going to what, say the name of the city. We uh, we give the Bible study and say uh, that city. Then people no, are gonna, no, no. people are just going to know what, what we're going to do. City is. What we're going to do is we're just going to mention all the cities because there's a bunch of cities. In, okay, okay, okay. We'll right. just mention them all as if yeah, yeah, you know yeah, they're yeah. all the yeah, same and nothing all, special. Uh, and you know, uh, we won't, yeah, when yeah. we'll be like, oh no, can't say this city, and then we say it. Then the game. That, that's up. it. Just act normal. Just act like nothing's happening. That's it. We'll know. You are assuming that the quiz is going to make it that far, Mon. I think people have been out there studying the Bible along with us. People are reaching for their phones already. The number to call, of course, is one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you know the answer. Give us a call now. It's going to be a quick one. It's going to be a quick one. This is a good. Or shoot us a text on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you can text fast enough. Okay, Lyle. Positively different news. What have you got for us, Mon? Lyle, if you saw someone that was, um, you know, looking like they were going to take their life, would you intervene? If I at all possibly could, yes. Okay, okay. I mean, I to be honest, I think I'd be. A, I mean, I don't know. I have often said that I don't know who I am until I'm in the moment. I like and, to and, think and I that, know who I am. That applies to all of us. Yeah. And I like to think that I would Same. if I could. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those very, very challenging. Yeah, it's like how many different ways. You know, yeah. That's a, that's a very challenging question to ask because there's yeah. so many different. Okay, let's just say you're walking down the street and there was someone hanging off the outside of a building or standing on top of a bridge. Oh yeah, I, I I tend to think that I would definitely say something. Yeah, I would I'm, stop and have a conversation, and if I could, um, just scruff all of them. Yeah, I I I like to think I would too, but I also I'm pretty sure that I'd I'd, I'd might go into freeze mode because I'd be so shocked by what I was seeing and, and maybe have a bit of fear. Yeah. But I'd like to think that I'd also help. There is an amazing story that's coming out of Minnesota, and um and this does involve a bit of beer, so um. We don't condone beer. No, not at all. Not in the beer, least bit. Yeah, at all on uh, on Faith FM. But there was two beer delivery uh, driver men, uh, delivery drivers, who spotted a man uh, on, a, on, a, on an interstate overpass and uh, looking like he might be about to jump. And so they immediately pulled over and they jumped up and they started to try and talk to him. And so they started having a chat. And uh, the two guys' names were... Uh, Kwame Anderson and Jason Gable. And uh, Anderson was the first to come up to this guy and he said, you know, you know, hey, what are you doing? If you're thinking of jumping, you don't have to jump. And this man was like, you don't, you don't know me. You don't care. Like, why are you trying to save me? And Anderson's like, if I didn't care, I wouldn't be here right now. And, um, and so it, meanwhile, his, his partner has called uh, the police. And, uh, and so he knew he had to try and keep the conversation going. Yeah. And he said he was like just thinking of all the movies he'd seen where, where you know, this kind of situation happens. So he's trying to like imitate. What we try and learn. I from know, movies, I know, it? right? So he's trying to imitate the kind of conversations that he's seen people have, like in the in, in movies and stuff. And so, for the next hour, he made his pitch, and uh, and even after the police arrived, he still was still was to this guy. Yeah, that yeah. is dedication. Yeah, 
And uh, and the two of them found out that they had similar upbringings. They had a house houses near to each other, and they they could relate to a whole bunch of each other's problems. And uh, and actually, one of the things that got this guy off the bridge, he was like, "Look, hey, we're beer delivery drivers. If you come on down, we can get you know some beer out of the back of the truck, and we'll have a cold one." And uh, and so they went and got a case of cold beer, and they opened it, and um, and kind of lured him down through this mateship. Mm-hmm. You know, Australians would immediately know what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this yeah. mateship. And, uh, and so he's, he inched across the bridge uh, to safety um, and, uh, and when he finally got down, paramedics arrived and took him to the hospital for evaluation. So they saved his life and, um, and I find this story incredible because – Okay, so Mon, here's a question for yeah. you. If you were there and you didn't freeze – Yeah. And you're chatting with this guy mm-hmm. um, and you had a slab in the boot – that was not yours because mm-hmm. you don't drink and mm-hmm. we don't support it. Let's say that, you know, it was there. I was getting rid of it for someone. I was getting rid of it. And yeah. you recognise that, you know, this is just your average bloke and, 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 and whatnot. Would you offer him a cold one? I, d- I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm not sure even sure it would enter my mind to offer him a drink. If it did. It, well, there is that Bible verse that says, you know, leave alcohol for people who are dying. <laughs> How does your brain work? You had to go there. Well, I don't know. I was trying to find a biblical way. I don't know. Does the mean just means justify the ends? Like I've always thought they kind of did, but but the Bible says a lot of stuff about not drinking. Oh, I tell you what, if you go down the, the path of ends justifying the means, it's a pretty slippery slope. It is. It is. Um, but I, I, I tend to think in that situation that um, I probably would. Yeah. If it came yeah. into my head. Uh, you know, anything to get him off the bridge. Yeah, anything to keep him alive at that That's point. That's right, anything to keep him alive. And also... And, you know, I mean, you think about some of the things, that the terrible, terrible things that we put into our bodies to keep us alive at times. Mm-hmm. You know, chemotherapy is you're pumping like the worst cost possible yes. poisons into yep. your body mm-hmm. to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably in this case, alcohol would be wor- would be less damaging than, yeah. um, than yeah. chemo or something like that. And I guess I tend to think that's probably the way that I would look at it. But yeah. you know, it's a hypothetical and mm-hmm. hypotheticals are not always useful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that alcohol is something that, um, you know, we should never touch, you know, under basically any circumstances. And, and uh, you know, the Bible is very, very clear on that. And uh, maybe your Bible verse about, you know, people are about to die maybe does have some relevancy here. I, I, yeah. I don't know. If you've got an opinion on this or a thought on it, you, why don't you give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or contact us on our social media and, and share your opinion. What would you do in this situation? I think that the average Aussie out there would probably say, hey, come and have a cold one. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be having a cold, cold one with him. Yeah, no. I've never touched the stuff, never planned to touch the stuff, never will. I mean, right now I have in my in my bag some mandarins. I don't know if the, the theme of mateship has any um, is based around mandarins at all, but, you know. Yeah, but see, you're a random person, so I think if you offered a um, person a mandarin on a bridge, yeah. they would probably take it yeah. because, <laughs> like, that's so random. <laughs> yeah, I also just want to mention, um, you know, these guys, these delivery drivers, um, one of them was a Christian, and he, he said it was absolutely God's plan. He said, I don't know why I did this. I took – I take a left – I go toward the bridge, but usually we always go straight. And uh, we have a route that we do every Wednesday, and it wasn't the way I would normally go. It wasn't part of the plan. It was God's plan. Yeah. So he didn't even seem to know why he suddenly deviated from his from his usual route and then saw this guy on the bridge. So he had to go take the scenic route that day. Yeah, yeah. Just, God was in charge of it. Yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, praise the Lord for that. And um, I think – don't we have an interview today? Um, 
with a young. We are interviewing a young lady today, mm-hmm. um, who is a and it's a it's a. I encourage you all to stay on for the interview, um, even if you are about to get out of your car and work into walk into your workplace. Um, just send your boss a text message because this is critical for everybody to hear. This mm. is a three-time suicide survivor. Yeah, it's, it's powerful and, uh, and important. Um, and first attempt when she was 15 years old and she's still only a very, very young lady. She is very young. Her life has been completely transformed and it is one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. Indeed. So stay tuned. Don't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. You can't afford to miss this one. In the last minute and a half, let me tell you one more good news story, Lyle. So I'm sure you've heard of Chicago and Chicago's gangs and the very violent, um, incredible gangs. Uh, not, not incredible, but incredibly violent and, and horrific gangs. And uh, and they have called a, 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 I guess a prolonged truce, but mm-hmm. just for now kind of a thing. And uh, so it's been eight months since these uh, two particular gangs um, – have uh, have called this truce, and so what the police have been working with them to do is getting the two gangs to get together and build a playground, because many of the gang members have kids themselves, and so that hey, uh, do you know what? Can you help us build this playground? And then both gangs turn up, they work together. Oh, that's to awesome! Build this playground There's for nothing kids. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like working together to create for, for people to get to understand each other. Uh huh. Yeah. And to see that, you know what, we're all just the same. But just, you know, we want you know the best for our kids. We want that kind of life. Like it's and getting them to work on a project that helps other people. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly little kids. You know, kids who can't really help themselves is a, is a, is a amazing, applaudable move for the Chicago police. I'm really impressed with this, and uh, and it's actually really. Um, Oiled the the peace machine there, and so it doesn't look like the gang's going to be t- picking up their violence anytime soon. How good is that?
That was Sila with Standing on the Promises here on Faith FM. And before we get into our more serious news stories for the day, Mon, do you have another clue for us? I do course? have another clue. And like, I just noticed I got you a pen this morning, a spanner pen, shaped like a spanner, and it's you have a matching key ring spanner. Yes. They look so cute together. You have like a big the one. The difference is that my key ring one actually works. Fine, whatever. You bought me a non-working but no, it's I'm not cool. taking it Thank back. You. <laughs> Thank you very I'm much. I'm the label off. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm going to put a picture of you holding both of them up on our socials <coughs> right after this. I, I have, okay. That that keyring that keyring shifter, I should say, mm-hmm. um, has got me home one time. Oh really? In fact, it got me out of the bush. Oh really? Full driving, and it was the um, was the only tool I had with me, and it was what I needed, and it worked. Hey, how about <laughs> that? Maybe we should all get spanner keyrings. Yeah, shift. Whatever. What <laughs> What city am I? Clue number two. This How did I end up on a... Never mind. <laughs> this is one of the first cities where the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. Hmm. If you know what city that is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. We'll send you the prize. Okay, so guess what uh, the number one um, recreation is in the United States uh, when you look at it from the perspective of what they spend money on. What do Americans spend more money on than any other form of recreation? Gardening? No. Uh, crafts? No. Get your mind out of the things that you spend money on. <laughs> uh, guns? Yeah, no. Uh, also, football? No. Um, uh, hang gliding. Nope. So if you combine all sports events together, so football, basketball, etc., baseball, yep, all that. Combine all sports events together. Yeah. Combine all movies <gasps> oh, together. Oh, oh, I know what it is. What? Video games. Combine video games with movies with sports events. Uh huh. Combine it with books. So that's uh-huh. a lot of Whoa. entertainment right yes. there. Combine all those together. All of those can get together combined are less than what the United States is spending on lotto. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious I right am, now? I, I am dead serious right now. That's insane because all those industries that you just mentioned in and of themselves. They are massive industries. A multi-billion dollar industries. They are massive. I mean, you've got you look, to look at sport, for instance, you've got, you've got football, you've got Super Bowl, you've got baseball, you've got NASCAR, you've got, oh. you've got some really cool sports happening and in the US. And they're huge. They're massive. That's incredible. And then the, the entire And we talk about, we talk about the god of sport, right? We talk yeah. about the god of sport, the god of money is just way bigger. Wow. Far out. I'm really blown away by that. Yeah. And the interesting thing is uh, that, that that represents $70 billion. Um, Whoa. <coughs> with uh, each family each family spending $500 a year on lotto. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who earn $13,000 per year or less, so right at the bottom of the <coughs> socioeconomic yeah. uh, environment, spend more than 9% of their income on lotto. So lotto is basically scooping up um, free money from the poor of the poorest of the poor. It's, it's a way of, it's a way of um, um, extreme poor tax poor. on the poor. Yeah. This is extreme tax yeah. on the poor is what it is. And because you know, so much of it goes to the government. The, go- the reason that it exists is because the government is making so much money out of it. I was just, I was just about to ask you, where does all the money go? Yeah, the government's making massive... It's, it's, a, way, it's a way of the government... Basically taxing the poor and giving it to the rich. 
But what the, does the government not have? Like, what does it they do with it? They don't like building roads or infrastructure. It's, it's pure like, exploitation. Oh yeah, they put it into whatever they put it into. Uh-huh. But it's just pure exploitation of the poor. That's terrible. That makes me feel even worse <laughs> about the one day I didn't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mon has a uh, testimony of working for one day in a news agent and selling lotto tickets all day, and and then. Uh, Calling her boss at the end of that day and saying, yeah, I'm not coming back, and him being rather upset about it, particularly um, when she mentioned why. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was, you know, it's a, it's a rebuke to a person um, and a lot of people don't like to, uh, to, to be, be rebuked. Re- to be not, rebuked, yeah. you know, yeah, about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, out of lotto winners, 70% of lotto winders, winners end up not poor. But, but back where they started. No, 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 not, not back where they started. Broke. Really? Yeah. Declaring bankruptcy. 70% of lotto winners <gasps> end up declaring bankruptcy. So it doesn't even help them. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't even help them. And, you know, the vast majority, like somewhere up in the 90% wish that they had never won it. Wow. And, and if they had their time over again, they would just tear up the ticket because it destroyed their lives. Yeah, yeah. Because it changes all the people <laughs> around you as well. It changes you. It changes all the people around you. Um and, I guess and, and, and you know your odds of winning are one hundred and seventy six million mm. to one. That's terrible. And here's what you do: if you're going to win lotto, mm-hmm. this is what you have to do. You have to take money from. Uh, this is in the United States, the US stats from one hundred and seventy five million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine people. You have to take their money. Mm-hmm. Most of whom are desperately poor. You know, this is the this is the ultimate. You know, I don't care about anyone else. I'm going to stand on any person just to get myself to the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the rich doing that kind of thing and mm-hmm. big business doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Lotto is infinitely, infinitely more immoral than anything yeah. that is else that is taking place. Um, you know, out there as far as big business goes. And uh, <clears throat> one in five people in the United States. So one in five people in the United States see Lotto as a practical way to accumulate wealth. Yeah, maybe this is why when they win, they actually end up in worse of a hole than when they started because they have no – clearly they have no money sense now if they think that it's a good investment. And so when they get a large chunk of cash, they're obviously not clever with it after that and that's why they end up broke. And in it's fact, if they had some money since then, you know, they were able to, you know, budget, maybe do some sound investments, you know, actually get some returns that would actually climb up the socioeconomic. Uh, absolutely. Level. You think about it, the average, the average as, as we mentioned a moment ago, Mon, you are opening that box over there. Yeah, sorry, so, I'm so, 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 keen so to- distracted. By <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Leave the prize box alone. <laughs> I open my packages. Uh, but yeah, I do actually have a question about this, Lyle, okay. for you. Yeah. I've been wanting to talk about this on the radio. Um, so... You, uh, my bestie and I did something recently over the last six months called Diet Bet. Mm-hmm. And the Bible does condemn gambling, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to know whether or not you think Diet Bet is gambling because some people have sort of, you know, pseudo rebuked me about it. Um, whereas I guess. No, just because you put the, you add the word bet, bet yeah. to a. A um, is it a, a game? Challenge. Like how, yeah, it that doesn't make it gambling. So just to explain to everyone what it is, so Diabet is an app that you can download, and uh, and people like there's communities that come together, and there's different I guess sort of games that you can play, and so you choose your game. Like they have different, a challenge. They have a, yeah, they have different challenges. So they have different lengths, um, different uh, goals, and so for example, like 
you can do a one month challenge where in one month you need to lose 4% of your body weight. So that keeps it fair. Because you said everyone needs to lose a kilo. Well, mm-hmm. then that's different for different people. So you have to lose 4% of your body weight. So you have to weigh in. They give you like a specific password to weigh in and they give you a, a password to weigh out to keep you honest and accountable. And if you've lost the 4%, oh, and by the way, everyone has to chip in. So you, you have to pay to play. Mm-hmm. So like for, for a month, it's usually like 30 bucks. So Everyone sticks 30 bucks in the kitty. And then you have to work out and try and like lose the weight. And at the end of the month, if you lost the weight, um, you and whoever else has lost the weight gets to split the kitty and keep the keep the earnings. Whereas if you didn't lose the weight, you don't get a refund. Mm. Um, and that's where the kitty like if you if it's only you that's lost the weight, then you get to keep every everyone's money. But if everyone's lost the weight, then everyone just gets a refund of the initial amount. Yeah, they the, put the in. issue over gambling is whether chance is involved or discipline. This is an issue of discipline, yeah. not chance. And yeah, it's got nothing to, to do with it's chance. Just because you add the word bet to it, yeah. Um, the word bet doesn't make something gambling. It's yeah. chance that makes it gambling. There's no chance involved in this because mm. the challenges are not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. You know, if the challenges were unrealistic, then mm-hmm. nobody would be a part of yeah. it. Like, um, I'm so completely a, in control about whether or not yeah, I it's have your success. Decision. It's, it's your decision whether you have a success or not. Yeah, and also, like uh, <coughs> to me, I see it as a, as a better um, investment, better use of my money than going to the gym because how many people sign up and pay lots of money to go to the gym and then never go? Yeah. And so they're throwing all that money away and they're still in the same unfit state that they're in. But if, you know, using an – because account of, a diet bet is about accountability and creating a community because then you get to, like, communicate and, like, chat with your fellow um, challengers and, you know, you get to keep each other encouraged. And so, you know, you, you're more motivated and money is a big motivator I mean, for somebody, a lot of people. Somebody might disagree with my opinion on this, but, you know, I actually see it as being quite a good thing because, you know, um, dieting is about lifestyle changes. It's mm-hmm. not about losing weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's losing weight is yes, what you need sure. to do, obviously. But um, you need to change your lifestyle. And if you do one of the longer challenges, Mm -hmm. then it challenges you to get the weight down and then maintain it. Um, and hopefully, by the time that you've uh, you come to the end of the challenge, then you've you, your lifestyle has become habit, and yeah, and you, and you stay in it. Yeah. Is, well, thing. hey, give us a call if you have an opinion about this. One eight hundred Faith FM. Let us know what you think. Open my lips. I will sing your praise forever. Open my lips, O Lord, I will sing your praise forever. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, these you will not despise. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. As we move into our special guest interview, joining us in the studio is Ellie Penman. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, really great to have you as a, uh, as a part of our program. Now, I need to tell you all that Ellie is 
an incredibly brave young lady, particularly with the story that she's going to share today. And I am so thankful that she's sharing this story. We have been highlighting over the last three weeks a program with David Stoyject where he's been talking about suicide and suicide prevention. And Ellie is a suicide survivor. Yeah. And uh, that sort of, um, yeah, it really hits me that when I sit here in the studio and think uh, that, um, uh, you know, you're somebody who's actually been in a dark place because I the only thing I see is the amazing things that you're doing for God right now. Thank you. Uh, praise God. Yeah, you know? praise God. Praise God. And I think your story is a testimony that needs to go out there, you know, because if there is a listener that's in a dark place this morning, um, your story is one that can tell them that, you know, there is a future. There is hope. You don't need to go through this because God can do amazing things in, you know, in, in your life in the same way that he's done and is doing them in, in yours, Ellie. No, he definitely can. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Um, so where would you like to start in, in, in sharing this story, Ellie? Um, well, I guess we should start at the beginning. Yeah, that's probably a good place. <laughs> Always highly recommended to yep. start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just start sharing with you guys how I got into the headset of suicide and how my life went from, I guess, being normal or whatever mm. is classified as normal to going to the darkness. Sure, sure. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, so I um, grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist home. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents were very active in the church, very loving family, very lucky. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they're just amazing. But Okay, I'm I'm glad you said that because I know your parents. Yeah. And I'm like, this seems like a very normal home, loving family, um, people that love the Lord, active in the church, all that kind of thing. And that's when I, you know, I don't know your parents well, but that's when I, when I heard that this, there was this story, I was like, how does that happen? Because, you know, usually when I hear about suicide and suicide being, you know, the, the biggest killer of, of people in your age bracket, mm-hmm. um, I think, well, you know, they must come from a really dark background and, you know, you sort of think of parents that are involved in drug abuse and, you know, uh, low socioeconomic environment. Um, you know, terrible neighborhoods, all this kind of stuff, and people just sort of, you know, being beaten down until the point that they just give up. But mm. that's not really your background, is it? No. See, Lyle, like, the darkness can get you wherever you're at. Like, you don't have mm. to come from a dodgy background. You can be happy, you can be successful. But it's just a trick of Satan that he uses to get to us. And when we let him in a little bit, then he just overtakes. It doesn't matter our background. It just matters, I guess, our strength in God. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. Um, t- take us on that journey, Ellie. Explain t- explain to us how this happens. Okay. So I'm going to take you guys back to December 28, 2014, mm-hmm. which is where I guess my life kind of really got flipped on its head because that was the day that my nan passed away. Mm. And uh, just before she passed away, she had pancreatic cancer. She started getting better. Like before that, about a week before she passed away, she... Um, she was mumbling, she was very weak. And then about a few days before she could speak and she seemed better. And to me, I thought God had healed her, right? Mm -hmm. But she passed away and that hope was taken from me. And I remember that day, something broke in me. How old were you at the time? I was 15. 15. Yes. And I just remember... Her funeral was on the 31st of December, uh, 2014. Mm. And I just wanted to stop 
the day. Like I just didn't want to go into 2015. I didn't want to experience another day, another year that my nan didn't exist in mm, that time. Mm. And she must me, have been an incredibly special lady. She was very, very close to me. Mm. She was like, I was like a clone of her pretty much. Yeah, I loved her so much. And yeah, yeah so that was um, thinking, trying not to go into the next year was my first um, suicidal thought. I didn't know it at the time. But that was the first time that a thought like that entered my head. And I remember the following year, um, my life just kind of kept going uh, downhill. I started isolating myself. I was in, I believe, year 11 at the time. And I just, I didn't want people to know. It was very secretive, very, very close to my heart because I didn't want um, to hurt people, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like a disease. I felt like I needed to be quarantined. And so I built up so many walls and hid myself because I was a time bomb, right? It was a matter for me in my head. It was when am I going to kill myself? How am I going to kill myself? This wasn't, well, maybe if I kill myself, it was not that it was a hundred percent. This is happening. I just don't know when. Um, did, did, did your parents know that there was something wrong? I didn't think they did, but they're my parents. They did, but they didn't know it was that severe. Right. Yeah. So did they did they did they take any steps, or were they just sort of? I, I mean, as a parent, if if one of my kids was going through something like this, and I could see that's like, yeah, there's something there's something not right here, I I would feel very unqualified as to you know what do I do? Where do I start? Yeah. Um. I think at the start there were no steps taken, just because. It was probably put down to grief. Sure. The way I was acting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mm. But later on, my parents definitely realized and they helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was after probably two attempts of suicide. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I was very good at masking how I felt because mm-hmm. um, I was always a pretty happy kid so I could laugh and put it on and like just hide it, I guess. And, and I think this is where it comes back to this, you know, this whole are you okay you know, yeah. movement is that we need to be part of that because what you're saying here is that you didn't look like there was anything wrong with you. No. And the thing is with this Are You Okay movement, it has to go further than that. You can't just sure. say Are You Okay because we say no. Like when you're in that headset, all you want in life is for someone just to rip your mask off and say, I see you, you're hurting, you're in so much pain and I love you and I'm here for you. And that's all I wanted. Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember the first attempt was on the year anniversary of my nan and I was up on a headland and I was hyping myself up to jump off and this, the pain and the darkness in my head, there was no other way out. There was no other way to peace because when you're in that, just there's no peace in your life. It's just darkness. There's these voices when you sleep, you can't shut it off. And every thought you have is how can I get rid of this? And to me, death was the answer I craved it because it was while it was still darkness it was a darkness that was peaceful that was asleep that I could just stop knowing and feeling you know Mm. and I remember just wanting um I was writing about it a little bit later and I just remember I all I wanted was for someone to come up and just to grab me away from the edge and to hold me and say I see you hurting Mm. but there was no one and that's the thing is that we need to be so aware of people, I guess. Even were there other people in the vicinity, or you were you'd found a place by yourself? Um, I they probably um, we were at big camps, so I was at Grassy Head. So there were people about a two minute walk from me, sure, and potentially sure. on the beach yeah, below. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
But it's also difficult because people can't help you if you don't express it. Mm. And I think we get caught up in they don't care because they haven't seen. But if we can't communicate how we feel, if we're not asking, like we can't expect people to be... Mind readers? Yeah, they can't be mind readers. They can't. Mm. And that's something I've had to learn is to communicate the emotions and the feelings that you go through. Mm. So for a listener this morning, you would encourage them to, if you're going, if you're in a dark place to talk to people about it. Yeah, I would encourage you guys, if you're feeling like that, to not recoil into yourself because I know how easy it is. Like when I felt so sad and (laughs) the thoughts of death were gripping at my heart, all I wanted to do was hide in my room or to go somewhere away from people and just to, um, I guess, cultivate those thoughts because it was something that gave me feeling. And the best uh, advice I could give you is to not recoil into yourself, is to reach out to not, when you feel like that, go into a social situation because it's the only way that you're going to get saved. Because if you if you let those thoughts fester, then you might find yourself up on a cliff as well or taking some pills or something. What was it saved you from the cliff edge? Well, I'm really clumsy, so I believe it's God. That actually sounds like a bad thing when you're standing on a cliff edge. (laughs) Well, I slipped and there was like a ledge or something below and God really worked through that. Um, Yeah, and I remember just landing and sitting down and like I was transfixed. I was like in like this trance and I was like, what just happened? Like, and... Then my friend actually walked around the corner and I was like, oh, I can't jump off now. That's too traumatizing for her. Mm. But just God placed her in my life to Praise save God. me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. So where did your life journey go from there? Um, so from there, um, depression kept getting a hold of me. It was still a very difficult thing to get motivated to move on with life. Um, yeah, I just... I didn't really move on, but life kept going because... Now, what about your teachers in school? Did, did Were they picking up on things? Um, I'm not really sure. Like, I did write some stuff about suicide, but I was a creative writer who always wrote short stories about sad right. things anyways. And I... At this point, it was probably two years in and my facade was really good. Like I had a very yep. stable, mm-hmm. happy face on. Yep. Yep. Mm, okay. And, and and so moving on in the uh, in, in the story, what, what, what happens next? Um, so I get some pills lined up from school and I have a plan to take them on the 14th of November. And I end up getting meningitis, uh, which is the swelling of your brain, if no one knows. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty serious disease right there. And I was hospitalized when I was supposed to get the pills. So that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, which Uh is crazy um, because um, I was dying. Like I was hospitalized for a week. My brain was being traumatized and for the first few weeks I was first few days sorry I was very happy for it very grateful because I was like this is a way that I can die and my parents aren't going to have to hate themselves for um raising a child who wants to kill themselves Uh uh um but as the week went on I realized that when I was actually dying when I was actually because suicide attempts can be controlled. It's you taking your life. But when that control was taken out of my 
hands when my life wasn't in my hands anymore i realized that no i actually wanted to live like praise god and somehow god was able to work through that experience and really save me um but yeah i guess after the meningitis then i had to deal with severe anxiety and i couldn't leave my house um i had to quit university because of it and i ended up shutting off my emotions because i couldn't handle the pain and the the freaking out and the unsafeness that you feel. That's not a word, but oh well. Yeah, no, and, um, we understand exactly what you... <laughs> you're allowed to make up words here on Faith FM. We yeah. do it all the time. <laughs> but, you know, and it was only through the power of prayer that I eventually got healed from that because I was so reckless with my safety, with other people's safety. I'd close my eyes on the highway, take my hands off the steering wheel and hope someone would crash into me and kill me because I didn't have the strength to do it anymore because I'd failed so many times before, right? Mm. And yeah, I woke up one day and God just um, turned it back on because people were praying because at that time I had no strength to pray for myself. Mm, And that's mm. something that I want to encourage everyone else is to just start praying for people. Like if you think they're struggling or even if they're not just, if we can all come together as a church body, as the hands and feet of Jesus, and we start praying for people and give God, like when we don't pray, God just has to wait outside our doors. And when people pray, then he's allowed to come in and start knocking. So we just need to pray so God can have that, um, be able to just go in and save us because it's the only reason I'm alive today is because people were praying for me. Yeah, praise God. I mean, and at this particular point, you know, if you've dropped out of university, then, you know, people would start to see that, you know, Ellie really needs some some Mm. support and some prayers right here. And uh, praise God for that. Ellie, I want to take a little bit more time here and uh, because there's more to this story than what we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. And I really want to, um, I, I want to get to the point where you know, God has transformed your life. But um, you talked about the cliff. You talked about the pills. Um, was there another um, point where that you reached that you came very close to um, taking your own life? Mm. I tried to slit my wrists and to bleed out. Right. Um, but that didn't work because I grabbed the one pair of blunt scissors that we have in our house. <laughs> and <laughs> we don't have blunt scissors in our house. And it was the one pair. And it was just a very painful experience. And it wasn't deep enough to bleed out. And I remember just bandaging myself out and walking out of the house and realizing what has my life come to. Wow. Mm. And at that particular point, obviously something, you know, something from there on. I mean, this is this is this was your last attempt, is that right? Yeah. What changes? What changes? God changes. At this point, so I... See, at this point, you've got a lot of people praying for you, right? Yes, yes. Now, now did your family and parents know that you tried to um, slit your wrists? No. Yeah. I haven't said that before. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate your bravery. <laughs> Thank I you. really appreciate your um, bravery in, in mentioning that. And uh, yeah, how does how does God change your life? Um, he comes in like a whirlwind and just changes it. Um, so as I mentioned before, my life kind of ended up in this limbo of not being able to f- handle the anxiety and the depression. And I wake up one day um, through the prayers of everyone else mm-hmm. and I have a smile on my face and... The significance of that is I hadn't generally smiled in three years. I hadn't been happy for probably two and a half years. Um, 
It was all fake. It was all a mask. It's no wonder that you sit here and say, pray for these people because Mm. we underestimate the power of prayer. I think that often when we pray, we're like, well, you know, particularly from a man's perspective, you know, men are problem solvers. Yeah. And we like to get our, you know, get in and, 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 and get our hands busy doing something to solve a problem. And, you know, if I was to hear, okay, Ellie, Ellie's struggling, you know, with um, depression and so forth, you need to pray for her. I'm like, yeah, great, I'll pray for her. But I really wish I could go over there and do something to make her happy. Mm. But what you're saying, it was the miraculous intervening power of God that has just turned, come to your life and turned you around and made you to a new person. Yeah, because I had people. As a result of people's prayers. Yeah, I had people come to me and say, you should see a counselor, you should go on some pills and stuff. But to me, I took that as yeah, well, you can't be bothered to look after me yourself. You don't really care. You're sending me to someone else. You're trying to get me off your hands, right? Mm -hmm. And that frustrated me because I just wanted someone to love me. And um, yeah, but they did love me by praying for me. And the only reason I'm alive today is because of that day that I woke up and I was alive and I was happy and God was there and he was at the center of it. And with the smiling and the happiness I and the peace I had for the first time in three years came a desire and a love for God. And if you guys are struggling with this, please, I'm, I'm begging you, literally, I will get down on my knees and beg you, just give it to God. Like, I just test him for a week. Just start praying. Read your Bible. Just stop watching the sad movies or thinking or turning off the lights and hiding in your room under your blankets. Just start doing something about it. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to do something amazing. Just give God 10 minutes of your time and just pray because he can turn it all around if we just let him in. Absolutely. And if you need prayer, give us a call here on uh, you've got our number 1-800-324-843. And uh, we would love to pray with you. Mm. Um, you can text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Give us a couple of details. We have prayer right here in our studio every day uh, before the breakfast show begins, and we can add you to our prayer list. And we're more than happy to pray for you if if this is something that you're struggling with right now. Because um, what you do need to realize is that your life is incredibly valuable, mm. and uh, there are people that love you and care for you, and, uh, and and Jesus loves you and cares for you beyond what you can even begin to imagine. And it's so true. And I think just the last point I want to make is don't try and find your worth in what other people are going to do because other people are caught up in their own lives. They, they find their worth in themselves. But my biggest advice, the thing I want you guys to do is just to find your worth in Jesus because your worth is this, is that the savior of our universe came down and he died for you, okay? He died so you don't have to do this. You don't have to commit suicide. You don't have to take it upon yourself because he already did that and now we get to live in happiness and health and just joy and he did that for me and he brought me back and I just encourage you guys, that's your worth and look to that as your worth, not to how you're feeling because your heart is deceitful. Absolutely. Ellie, I don't think anything could be better spoken than uh, the appeal that you've just made right there. I want to thank you for coming on the show today and being incredibly brave and talking about, you know, a traumatic part of your life and, and, you know, something that would have been, you know, very challenging for your family as well. Um, But your testimony here today, I know, has touched, you know, lots of people that are listening to today's show. And, uh, and and once again, if you if you uh, are in need of prayer, if you'd like us to pray for something that is happening in your life, something that you're struggling with, if you're struggling with depression, you know what our number is, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Give us a call. We would love to pray for you. But also don't forget that you can call Lifeline. There are lots of other 
uh, places. There are lots of places that you can receive help. Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And we look forward to uh, hearing the rest of your testimony, maybe some other time about what God is doing in your life right now and the amazing ways in which you are touching other people's lives. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment with more amazing content. Among the shadows, you wiped my tears away, and I felt the pain of heartbreak, and I've seen the brighter days, and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place, and I have held your blessings, God, you give and take away, no matter what I have, your grace is
Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible study start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.